Last week was our launch Sunday, and I never really got to set up our theme for the year, which is follow me. So I want you just to flip a couple pages to the right and get to the very end of John. Isn't it good to know where we're going? Let's get to know where we're going, right? Um, So at the end of it all, Peter, you know Peter, right? One of the disciples, he denies Jesus Christ three times. And at the end of it all, Jesus makes him breakfast and restores him three times. And at the end of that, there's this little um, interaction that happens, and it really has impacted me, and I think it will set the stage for this year. So I just want to read it for you quick. Um, What happens is he says, do you love me? And he says, yes, you know I love you three times. He says, feed my sheep. And they said, truly, truly, I say to you, this is verse 18 of chapter 21, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. That's so true. And, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. In parentheses, verse 19, this he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. See, we're all going to die at some point, and we're all hopefully living right now. And I pray that we'll live to glorify God, and I pray that we'll die to glorify God in all things glory to God. The end of this is very telling. And after saying this, he said to him, last words, follow me. Jesus says to every one of you, as he would to Peter if he was here today, follow me. Now, just like Peter, we have other responses than, oh yes, God. Keep reading. Peter turned and saw, I think Peter has ADHD like me. It's like you sit at Buffalo Wild Wings. You ever sit at Buffalo Wild Wings try to have a conversation with somebody? You're like, and then they play those videos where the guys are like actually hurting themselves, whether on purpose or accident, I do not know. But it's like, ah, ah, ah. It's like making me hurt. Anyway, you have no idea. You've never been to Buffalo Wild Wings, I guess. All right. Or maybe you don't have ADHD like me. I don't know. I'm back. All right. So Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. We know this disciple to be John, who wrote this book, following them. And the one who uh, had leaned, this was the one who had leaned back against him, Jesus, during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? So he's kind of given it away. It's, it's John. When Peter saw him, back to this, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? So remember what he said to him? Everybody said what he said to him. Oh, that was weak. All right. You, you over here. Everybody said what they said to him. Wow, still kind of weak. It's, it is follow me. That is the right answer. We can all say it together, right? It's like, do I have the right answer? Jesus said to Peter, follow me. All right? And Peter got his eyes off, like he did when he was walking on the water, on something else. He's like, Lord, what about this man? So, lest you come to church this year with a theme of follow me and go, oh, that was great, that was for Amy. Oh, that was great, that was for Cody. Oh, yeah, it was great, that was for whoever else in the row. (laughs) No. Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come. What is that to you? You follow me. There's an exclamation point. You follow me! (laughs) 
like, for emphasis, I said it before and I'll say it again. You, did he put his hand in his chest? I don't know. You follow me. Let's not lose this, people. We are called to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we're going to study this that this disciple was not to die. Yet, Jesus did not say to him that he was not going to die. But, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? So, just clarity in Scripture, really good. We assume too much sometimes. We spread news sometimes, and our message in chapter 7 is going to get to that point. So I just wanted to read that final point to just get back to our topic. So follow me. What's our theme for the year? I just preloaded you. Okay, the verse is John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's what we're going for. I don't know if you've ever heard the voice of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever heard the voice of God the Father. I don't know if you've ever heard the voice of the Holy Spirit in your head. But I have. And it's like my life's work to know when He's talking to me and when something else is talking to me, another spirit, right? Or myself. And I want all of you to have that privilege. To hear the voice of God. And the scripture says, my sheep hear my voice. God is not a liar. And I know them and they follow me. Right? So when he tells you what to do, make sure you follow. All right. The series we're in, in my opinion, kind of locked in my opinion, kind of boxed in my opinion. Again, some of you guys were here last week. You got to hear this. But if you weren't... um, in my opinion, it's kind of like a play on words. Everybody has opinions. And sometimes we get stuck in our own opinion. So in my opinion, breaking free from judgment. So last week we covered this. I got to go back because we only had 25 minutes last week. I got to go back. Last week we covered, because these two messages kind of go together, how to judge correctly. Does anybody remember how to judge correctly? Does anybody remember? How not to judge correctly, right? So first it was like, eh. Throw the verse on the screen, okay? So we ended the service with, where, uh, yep, this is it. So do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So I ask you to circle appearances in your Bible. And then I said, not like this. You guys remember? There were three things. Not like this. What was it? Popular opinions. Remember that? Public opinion? Eh, not so much. Okay? What was the second one? Anybody got it? Yeah, personal feelings. It's like my whims and wishes, and like I even call them my beliefs. Be careful. All right. And then the third thing is how many possible problems did they have in the passage with Jesus? It's like, well, so many problems surrounding Jesus. Guess I got to hang that up. I'm not going to trust him. Like, not popular opinions, not personal feelings, and not possible problems. So, but we talked about right judgment. What was the way we judge rightly? You guys remember? Look. Yeah, look for God's timing. Like, see, the problem is I'm very judgmental and opinionated. And this is a great series for me because it's convicting. I need that. 
My wife and I, Kimberly, are going to an intensive counseling, they call it. It's a preventative counseling because we've been through a couple of pretty rough years. And uh, I think our marriage will benefit from it. I think our own relationships will benefit from it. My relationship with God's going to benefit from it. But I got to tell you, I need to apply this message I'm about to preach to my life when I'm sitting there with a counselor and he's trying to tell me what's up. I see this in your life. Well, I don't know. Got to apply this message. So this is a great message. But the end of it all is going to be look for the timing of God. Okay? Live for the word of God. The truth. Live for that. Get up in the morning and get into it. And listen, right, for the will of God. God's will. So how did it go this week? Come on, old church. Truth in church. You're like, I forgot you even talked last week. Did you talk last week? That's pretty cool. 25 minutes? I can't even remember. I am kind of forgettable. All right. Are you still judging? You're like, of course I'm still judging. This is like the default of every man in... Adam was like, she made me. <laughs> it's like way back then. Eve was like, man, the serpent. You know, like we're judging everybody else. It's everybody else's fault, not mine. So are we still judging or are we following Jesus Christ? Are we listening to him? This is a tough one, guys. This is going to take us all five weeks, this whole series, to get this down. And I pray that you'll just incrementally get a little better at it every week. Stop the like, well, I got an opinion. And wait and ask some good questions. And, and seek, break free from this whole judgment thing that we do. If Jesus treated us like other people, man. Jesus, Jesus treated me like I treat other people. Man. Come on. Am I trapped in my own opinion? We want to break free from judgment this week. So, hey, today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at Jesus, and here's what Jesus models for us. He says this verse, do not be uh, judged by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Everybody should have that highlight in their Bible. That's the main thrust of both messages. He says, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And Jesus continues to love them, to teach them, to invite them, to judge him correctly. He just keeps going back to it. Hey, you could judge me correctly in this moment. Hey, you could judge me correctly in this moment. Hey, you could judge me correctly in this moment. And they keep on just like botching it. So let's learn from their failure and let's learn from the few that succeeded how to, okay, judge correctly. And now when we judge correctly, when we judge correctly, there's going to be some responses. So last week was how to, this is when. So if you did it this week, if you practiced, you've already experienced some of these things. Here it is, the first one. When we judge correctly, some people will doubt and begin debating. Some people will doubt you, doubt your opinion, doubt the truth, and start debating with you about the finer points of everything. Yes, I've done this. Look at verse 25. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, 
Is not this man, chapter 7, verse 25, is not this the man whom they are seeking to kill? You're like, what? I thought up in verse 20, look at verse 20. The crowd answered, you have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Well, yes, it is kind of confusing, but it's not really confusing because the crowd was from out of town. They were there for the feast of booths, and the local yokels know that the religious leaders are like, we're taking this guy down. First shot, first chance. Just say one thing wrong. Just look at me, and I'm going to stone you. So the locals knew, isn't this the guy who they want to kill? Like, I mean, he's right there. And here he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. See the doubt? Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? I mean, maybe they're not telling us the whole truth. Maybe he's really the Messiah, and they just want it all for themselves. Verse 27. But we know, they get a little confident, start debating. We know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, the Messiah, when he comes, no one will know where he comes from. I have a big question mark written in my Bible because I'm like, where did they read that? That was not in the law of Moses. That was in their oral tradition, their own man-made laws that they were now like twisting and contorting. Have you ever been to a church that added to this Bible a bunch of rules? Maybe you grew up in a church like that. Lutheran, Catholic, Baptist, doesn't matter. Methodist, like it seems like everybody's trying to add to this. I can't get this done. Why do I want to add to it? Doesn't make any sense. So, they've added to it and now they're like, yeah, yeah he's just going to like, boop! He's just going to be there. Like, appear from nothing. But that proves it can't be Jesus because we know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me? Really, you do? It's kind of sarcastic because in chapter 8, verse 19, he says, nobody knows me or the Father. So he's, 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 he's kind of ironic. Like, oh, you, you, really, you know me? Really? You know me? Like, yeah, you kind of know I have like an arm. Like, that's what you know. But you don't know me. You don't know me spiritually. You don't know who I am. You don't know that I'm God. You know me? And you know where I come from? You think it's Galilee? Ask again. Nazareth? Check, check the facts. But I have not come on my own accord, but he who sent me is true, and him you do not know. He's already said it was God that sent him, his father. So he's telling him, you don't know the father. <laughs> I know him, and I come from him. And they're like, man, I don't know about that. <laughs> then look at verse 36. They get after it again over here. Verse 35 and 36. Um, the Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go? that we may not find him. Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? 
we know where he's going. He's going back to the Father, and nobody's coming with him. He's dying on a cross. You want to follow? <laughs> really? They didn't get it. They were doubting, and they began debating. Maybe they're holding out on me. Maybe they don't think the best of me. Maybe they're just keeping it for themselves. What does he mean? Where will he go? When we don't trust someone, we don't take them at their word or think the best of them, we start to ask questions. That's our natural response. Lots of questions. 20 questions, right? You ever played this game? It's exhausting and annoying. You pick something in your head that this doesn't know, and then it figures it out. Weird. <laughs> but it is weird. It's weird that we don't respond with love or teaching or inviting like Jesus, but we respond in doubting and therefore start debating with people like, like, it's, like it's just drinking water, like it's just easy. So maybe I can drive the point home this way. Who did you interrogate this week? Who in your life said something to you and it was like 20 questions, bam, 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 bam. Well, what do you really mean? Well, when you said that, what did you mean? Was it your boss? Doubted him, started debating. Doubted her, started debating. Was it your roommates? Was it your spouse? Maybe it's time to go back and have a good conversation about that and repent. I want to think the best of you again. Please forgive me. Maybe it was your kids. I think it gets that way more and more with teenagers in the house for me. I love them dearly, but we can so easily go to judging one another quickly and debating and doubting the best of one another, and we've had good conversations about that even again this week, and I praise the Lord that we have open conversations. We don't trust people and take them at their word, and that is sin. And why don't we? Because somehow we justify we live in this broken world, and so we can be broken people. <laughs> we don't have to act like Jesus, we just act like the world. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to act differently. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the person might be flat out lying to you. And you're like, I think they're telling me the truth. What else am I going to do? And if the Holy Spirit and discernment tells you to ask a question to clarify, then maybe you'll just trip them up in that lie. But you don't have to tell them they're lying before you know. You understand? That's judgment. All right, let's keep going. When we judge correctly, some people will doubt and begin debating. Then other people, some people will assume and become divisive. These are closely related, but a little different. Some people will assume that they know the facts and become divisive. Maybe even spread what they know. Look down at verse 37. Now, 
Let's go. Let's skip down to verse. Uh, I'm kind of skipping around to get get this. This is a really tough message here. Uh, passage, verse forty. Look at verse forty. When they heard these words, we'll get to those words in a second because they're the creme de la creme of the passage. Some of the people said, "This is really the prophet. This is really the prophet. This is him." Others said, "The prophet is uh, the one like Moses." Others said, this is the Christ, the Messiah, prophesied in Malachi, or Malachi, the Italian prophet. Depends on how you want to go about it. (laughs) You'll get that one later. (laughs) All right. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? I mean, come on! Not from Jerusalem? Like, this is amazing. We have that complex. You know that, right? You live in Rochester, right? I, I met somebody. You just moved to Rochester. I met you here. It's like it's like a Jerusalem complex. We live in Rochester, right? I knew this when I went to school in Iowa, and I was like, yeah, I'm from Rochester. And they're like, uh, New York? I'm like, Rochester, Minnesota is three hours away, moron. What's wrong with you? Rochester, New York is twice the size. What's wrong with me? Right? But I, I figured it out, right? You've got to go away from here to figure out, like, we think we're better than everybody else because the Mayo Clinic's pretty cool. Okay, let's just admit it to ourselves. All right, we did it. Whew! <laughs> Pride right out there. Got it out. He, he says here, is he going to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem? Who has the verse for that? Micah 5 2, right? Yeah, it's going to be from Bethlehem. That's correct. The village where David was from? Yeah. So, look at verse 43. This is it. So there was a division among the people over him. Imagine that controversy about Jesus. Like, isn't that still happening today? Jesus might be the most fought-about fought thing in the whole world. Jesus is both being cursed openly and worshipped openly at the same time today in multiple places. If that doesn't tell you he's God, I don't know what will. Just that. In verse 27, they said, we know we know, we know. In, in verse 40, we're like, well, he could be the prophet, and I think he's the Christ, and then, well, maybe he's from Galilee, and a division among uh, the people over Jesus arose. Do we do this? I mean, is it just me? Because I, I definitely do this. I do this to people. This sounds familiar to me, that I assume something about someone, and then it becomes divisive, because I'm like, well, you said, and you did, and... I'll even talk to other people about that. Which is great wickedness and against our membership agreement, by the way. Forgive me. And please repent if you've done that as well. People assume they know, they think, they believe, they're right, but they don't ask the right questions at the right time to the right people. I think we have to grow in our relationship with Christ by asking good questions. When you come into a meeting and somebody says something, don't think the worst. Ask a good clarifying question. 
that takes time. I know. And during that time, you could be talking to the Holy Spirit. That's a great thing. How, how should I go about this, Lord? What do you think about what they said, Father? What should my response be before I open my mouth? Jesus, this is a different way to live, folks. This is different. And it is outside my wheelhouse. But I am trying, trying, trying to figure this out because I think this is the key to living in the Holy Spirit, to being filled. We'll get to that in a second. My question to end this point is, are you seeking Jesus? Are you asking Him to speak to you? Remember, go back to our theme verse, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Are you desperate to be one of God's children? To be one of his sheep? To be like, talk to me, Lord! Then instead of opening your yapper, right? Just stop and be like, God, what do you want me to say? And think and ask, and he'll give before we assume and get divisive. All right, when we judge correctly, some people will doubt and begin debating. Some people will assume and become divisive. And then this, some people will reject and blatantly attack. I choose this word blatantly on purpose. I'm going to get the definition out for you. Blatant means in an open and unashamed manner, in a complete, obvious, and unsubtle way. Just watch what they do. At the end of this passage, that is exactly what they do. They're blatant in this. So, not only did they try to arrest him three times, that's pretty blatant rejection, right? Wouldn't you say? I'm going to arrest you. All right, you might not like me. Ding. we got problems in our relationship. If you're sending the cops to get me. Okay, so look at verse 30. So they were seeking to arrest him. But look at the sovereignty of God. But no one laid a hand on him because his hour was not yet come. Look at verse 32. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things, murmuring about him. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Then look down at verse 43. So a division among the people arose among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him. But no one laid a hand on him. Why? Because it's not his time yet. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Because it's not your time yet. It's time when God says it's time. So I can be as bold as I want to be in Jesus' name in a loving way. Look down at the end of it all. Verse 45. The officers then came to the chief priests, the ones they sent to arrest him several times, and the Pharisees, who said to them, Why did you not bring him back? The officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. Are you serious? You want me to arrest him? He's like pouring out nuggets of good stuff. Like he's astounding what he's saying. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Some good rejection right there. Have any of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? Huh? 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 But this crowd, yeah, these people, that does not know the law is accursed. These are dumb people. 
They don't know a thing about the Bible. I mean, it's getting sassy. It's getting sassy. These guys are lit. Nicodemus, one of their own, who had gone to him before John 3, remember we preached that, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? What's the answer? On the evidence of two or three witnesses is the law. We need to at least ask somebody. They must have listened to him in the end, but right here they didn't. Because in the end we know there was a trial and they still killed him. And they tried to stir up witnesses, right? Look how they reply to him though. They replied, are you from Galilee too? You're a Galilean, aren't you? That's like right under Samaritans. You know, that's like, you don't want to be a Samaritan for sure. But if, you, if you're not a Samaritan, you don't want to be a Galilean. You want to be a Judean. And you want to be from Jerusalem. And you want to be a chief priest, Levite, or Pharisee. Because they're really cool. That sounds like church to me. Can we break that church? Can we break that here? Can we just break that? Just just break that over your knee. That whole thought process of somebody in this room is better than somebody else. Well, Steve must be better. Look, he's up there preaching. The last will be first and the first will be last. That's Jesus' economy. There's somebody in this room that's probably been praying the whole service and they're probably the best person in the room. And we'll never know who it is. So you can stop judging by appearances and judge with right judgment. We've got to break this in our church. We've got to break it in half. And then again and again. Nobody's better than anybody else. We're all loved by God. We're all beloved, called, chosen. Matt, stand up and say your verse. Come on now. This needs to be said every... Colossians 3. You got it? That's it. Thank you, man. He stood up and said that this week at the prayer thing. And I was like, bam! That's what we need to read over every one of our services. That's it. That's how we need to act towards one another. Not rejecting one another or attacking one another blatantly. The self-righteousness, the name-calling, you see it all here. They say, search and see, no prophet arises from Galilee. Well, that's not true because Jonah was from Galilee, but they probably didn't recognize him because he didn't go to Jews. So that's probably why they can say that. Here's the point. Instead of taking the time to test the truth and ask the right questions and discover what's true, they were judging Jesus. And I think we do that too. Good news? Anybody ready for good news? Because that was like three like bad responses. <laughs> it's like, none of that. That stings a little bit. I see a little of myself in each one of those. Please stop talking now. Respond 
with belief. Some people will believe and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus says, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment, what's your response? I pray your response is to believe that that's a true phrase, that that's straight from the mouth of God, and that I shouldn't do that, and that I should do this. I pray that you'll believe and be filled. So there's two verses I want to point out real quick, and then we've got to be done. Verse 31, awesome verse. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man did? I mean, this has to be Jesus. This has to be the Messiah. This has to be him. Look at all the works he's doing. Works are good. But Jesus says, words are better. So here's the words that you can believe today. Look at verse 37. Because Jesus isn't here, he's not going to do any miracles for you. All right, sorry, I can't produce, I can't heal on demand, I can't do any miracle for you. I, I wish I could, I just don't have that ability. I, maybe in the power of the Holy Spirit, I could if he chose to, but I'm not going to do it on demand, right? We're all clear? I'm not putting myself out there, I don't want to get stoned. All right, be a false prophet or something. But here, verse 37, this is the words of Jesus. On the last day of the feast, the Feast of Booth, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. Now if you can just picture this, they had this ceremony where they would take this big uh, vessel, of gold vessel from the temple, and they would fill it up at the Pool of Siloam, and they would bring it. Are you looking? Okay, good. Dun, 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 dun. You know, they're just like so into themselves. And they're going to pour this water out, and it's going to be the feasts of booths. Remember, they're remembering the wilderness and how God provided for them, right? And so, water from the rock is how He provided for them. And he was a pillar of fire by night. So light, that's going to come in a couple weeks. All right. So, but both these things at this ta- uh, feast are very important. So the, you get, at the last day, they're like pouring this thing out. And he's like, stands up. <laughs> they're pouring out the water. Like, yeah, hey, we're cool. Here's what he says. He stood up and cried out. If um, anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Bam! Drop that mic. Like, woo! He's like, you all are pouring out water to remember the Old Testament and all that God has for you. Again, I feel like we just heard that in like uh, chapter 4 with the woman at the well. Whom those who believe in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He hadn't died, he hadn't risen from the dead, and he wasn't glorified in his body yet. He hadn't sent the Holy Spirit. Now when we get to John chapters 14 through 16, some of the best teaching on the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I'm going to take it and save it for the end. 
when we get completely done with the series so that you can see it. More to come on that. The Holy Spirit's a big deal. All right, I don't think you believe that. The Holy Spirit is a big, big deal. He's huge. It's the part of God that's in you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Let him out. Don't just bottle him up, put him in your big toe and go, I got this. How many days have I done that in this life? Even as a pastor, stop that. Let him have all of you. Drink deep from his well. Let him flow out of you. Don't be a dead sea. Be a river of living water. When people come around you, they should be like, what happened to you? You're so refreshing. You're not judgmental. You ask good questions. You draw out my heart. You love me and invite me to something deeper with Jesus. You invite me to follow Jesus as you follow Jesus. Man, church, this is what we're going for. i got to be done, but this is what we're going for. Some people will believe and be filled. So here's the question. i got just two questions for you. Here it is. What will you do with Jesus today? Maybe you came today and you're like, who is this guy ranting up there? I do not understand. I'm excited about Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. He saved me at age 16. It was January 15th, 1992. He took my sin and he traded his righteousness for my sin. It was the best trade of all time. Have you ever made the switch? Have you ever traded your filth for his righteousness? What are you going to do with Jesus today? Are you going to doubt and start debating? I don't know about that. That's just what you think. Are you going to assume and be divisive? That church, they're crazy. You shouldn't go there. Are you going to reject and blatantly attack? Or are you going to believe and be filled with the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? That choice is yours. That's your choice. I invite you to believe him, to put your trust in him, and to have streams of living water, Holy Spirit flowing through you every day. The second thing is, we've got to continue the journey we started last week. Or maybe if you're here for the first time, you're going to start making right judgments this week. No matter what the result may be, no matter what their response is, will you start making right judgments, judging people correctly, not by appearances? Will you follow the Holy Spirit and in that regard, judging correctly and breaking free from judgment, the flesh and appearances means this, look for God's timing this week. Look for it. Live for God's truth, His word this week. Open it up every day. Multiple times a day. Memorize a verse. Speak it back to yourself. And listen for God's will. Are you taking a pause and asking God, hey, what is it you have for me? What is it you want me to say? What is it that you're saying to me so I can say it to someone else? Or maybe it's just for me, God. pray that God will seal these things on our heart in Jesus' name.
Father, thank you for this, this time together to look into your word, to study it, to learn from it. Jesus, truly, in the story, you're amazing. And you keep coming back and inviting and loving and teaching. And truly, in the story, we're uh, not so amazing. We keep kind of rebuffing and <laughs> debating and rejecting. But Lord, there are some people in the story that believe you. And I pray that we would be those people to believe you by faith because of your grace. And that it would change us, not just the day of salvation, but change us every day as you fill us with the precious Holy Spirit and as we speak to one another in a loving way. God, fill us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen.